Episode 86 of the Busting Balls Podcast. They're John and Chris. I'm Jeffrey. You can hit us up on X Twitter at Busting Balls Pod. Email us, bustingballspod at gmail.com. You're listening to us through our native SoundCloud feed, soundcloud.com slash busting dash balls, or the PWOM Podcast Network, soundcloud.com slash pro wrestling only. And you can find us on Spotify. Search Busting Balls Podcast. Today's topic Sack Them All. John, Chris, and Jeffrey have had it with English referees. Chris, what's happening, brother? I bring good news from the South American lands. For the fifth year straight, an Argentinian team is not winners of the Copa Libertadores. (laughs) Fluminense pulled it off in a 2-1 win against Boca Juniors via a goal from John Kennedy. So I am happy to report that a former president of these United States of America has scored a winning goal in the Copa Libertadores. The UEFA Champions League could never. (laughs) You know, uh, yeah, I I was not able to actually watch that game. There were two shocking things about this game that I could not believe. Number one, Edison Cavani is still a thing. Yes, Uh, unfortunately. playing, Playing at Boca. Of all places. But number two, and, you know, and Marcelo now. Marcelo. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you threw up that stat in the group chat, Chris. I could not believe. Uh, what, what was it? Like, he's won how many? 25 titles before, uh, with Re- during his stint with Real Madrid. Went back home. Won the Libertadores. One of the few to ever do both. Between Amazing. Champions League, uh, UEFA, and Common Bowl, you know, continental title, that's a rare feat on anybody's cap, and kudos to him on that. Yeah, the other amazing thing that happened was uh, somebody actually getting sent off for violent conduct during a match. Um, never seen that happen before, especially not I, in Newcastle versus Arsenal. I tell you what, I watched this game, and the ref, I was amazed that just, what what uh, got sent off? was the open hand slap wasn't anywhere near the most violent thing that happened the referee was not interested in tackles he did not care yeah and that's all i'm gonna say about newcastle arsenal until we get to our main topic because the quality of the goals in the game though was absolutely top draw kennedy's winner if you have not seen it i did have to go i did go back and watch highlights uh oh yeah my goodness gracious what a strike and then just the hilarious 
Congress. The hilarity of the aftermath with him getting red carded for going into the crowd, which is just, uh, again, the topic of referees is something we'll bring up in the main event, but it's a worldwide thing, folks, in terms of this epidemic of just inconsistent to shoddy refereeing. I mean, it is at. kind of against the laws of the game for a player to go into the stands. I mean, that that is a proscribed thing, but... Yeah, if you're yeah. on a second, if you're on a yellow and you do that, you are asking for it. I think it's the only thing that ref was going to give a yellow call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... um well, congratulations to Fluminense. Apparently, their first ever continental title. Yes, first, first Libertadores, first ever continental title, which is astounding, given that they are the birthplace of the Brazil national team, their club outright. Well, in you terms know, of it, they have a lot of history. So, hmm. for this to happen to them in the in the hundred and twenty one years, it's a big deal. Now, I, uh, I do know that as we're as we're recording this, uh, Chris is wearing one of his uh, surely many Palmeiras shirts. Um, mm-hmm. You're you're not trying to 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 to, to glom on to glory by by uh, by association here, are you? No, not necessarily. I'm just glad that Boca Juniors did not win the Libertadores, given that they eliminated my Palmeiras in the semifinals <laughs> via... Because really, Boca Juniors basically penalty kicked their way into this final, and the one time in which they played extra time in a game after a draw for 90 minutes, they couldn't pull the trigger on that. So it just goes to show that they had their fair share of lucky breaks among the way, and Boca fans continue to be classy as always by saying really racist shit on social media, which they're going to get no repercussions for because, unfortunately, when it comes to certain aspects of the culture as a whole in South American football, a lot of this nonsense ha- still happens there prevalently, and it sucks. So, well, you're talking about the quality of, of Boca Juniors, uh, knock, you know, get, getting through the knockout phase of uh, of Copa Libertadores. Uh, John and I can tell you about how how great South Africa were in the uh, in the Rugby World Cup <laughs> that just happened, <laughs> uh, and yet they they still won. But uh, Mourinho sides without the flair. Oh boy! Oh jeez! Actually, uh, no. Screw that. Allardyce sides without the flag. Yeah, let's be more accurate because, yeah. Ah, so uh, this is our first show in two months. And uh, it's been, yeah, September 4th was our last posted episode. And uh, in that time, uh, Luis Rubiales did get banned from football. Uh, since that, was, that was our main topic the last time. I, I think we can claim a tiny bit of credit as well as, uh, you know, the fact he being a completely honking sexist pig could uh, also do that. Yeah, it turns out. But, you know, yeah, we, we always will take the credit because, you know, we do tend to be ahead of the, the curve on that part. Um, so, yeah, as to where we've been, uh, it's mostly my fault because uh, the month of October was total dog shit around my uh around my my way uh we had a uh we had a death in the family uh a death in the family my my partner's uh mother passed away so we've been dealing with that and then um you know we 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 went to uh we went to new york and i came and i came back with covid 
so that knocked me out. And uh, so no, this is literally the first chance we've had uh, to, to actually all get together here. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we've got quite a bit to talk about. Uh, a lot of things have happened, uh, not least of which, John, a recurring theme on this show is how World Cups keep getting chosen for absolutely shitty places. And that trend has continued because Saudi Arabia, the only candidate for World Cup 2034, they have the the cup in 2034 now. It's funny that, isn't it? It's it's like, hmm, we, 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 for no good reason, will spread the 2030 World Cup across three continents, therefore eliminating them from bidding from the next one. And then, hey, if there's just one bidder in for the next one, no one, no one can accuse FIFA of corruption, can they? No. If there's one bidder, we have to award it to them. Oh, bro. Yeah. Well, it turns out Australia did have a bid, but they withdrew it for some reason. Because they're not fucking stupid. They can read the runes, baby. Hmm. You know, if you don't laugh, you'll cry, you know? Yeah. Let's not be unfair. Money is talking and that this is what it's all about. FIFA likes that. FIFA likes the money. Infantino likes to keep that money flowing. That is what is happening here. Yeah, Infantino but, sucks. Yeah, but I thought that the, the, the second part of that call, the, you know, the second part of that idiom was uh, bullshit walks and... No, it just it doesn't keep walking. It, it's stacking up. In fact, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just the, if I'm doing my classical references, it's it's the Augean stables with no Hercules coming to clean house. Wow, mm-hmm. wow, it is. That's actually a very very good analogy for how, how what's been happening, you, John. it's on topic, and. Again, it's a trend that we started to see with FIFA. They like these hosts. Now just let them do whatever the hell they want. Like, at this point, people have heard the news in terms of certain negotiations between one Stanley Kroenke and FIFA not going too well over a certain stadium rights to have the final on. And FIFA doesn't like pushback by any stretch of the imagination. And what they guarantee themselves with with a 2034 Saudi Arabia bid is a group of people that will just let them do whatever they want. The money is basically, it's an infinite money glitch at, at this juncture to do whatever they want with. The only point that you can even give Saudi Arabia is that most of those stadiums are already in place or will be in place already because they're going to be hosting the Asian Games in a couple of years from now. So it's not going to be a Qatar situation where they're building everything literally from ground zero, but it's still very much it's an oil state that is sport sport washing its way into a World Cup. Uh, That's the reality of the situation, which... Again, it's nothing against its citizens. They're not the ones who are, you know, dictating this policy by any stretch of the imagination. I don't want to give the impression that we're saying that. But the uh, ruling house Assad, it's that's that's what they're doing. 
I it's mean, been we, what they've been doing for the last couple of years. And we've I mean, been, that's what we've been seeing between, you know, all the players, you know, trying to lure all the players over to build up their league, plus, you know, buying Newcastle United, which this... But, uh, and I mean, even with their league, that's still a struggle right now. You've heard about the one particular game that they had over like the last couple of weeks that drew less than like a six tier league game in England. I in did terms hear of about a, this. Yes. So I don't I, have I, it it's a work in me. progress. I don't have it in front of me, but I do remember this. Led to believe that the uh, Asian Champions League uh, rules are being broken because there are three state owned clubs in there and you cannot have one more than one owner in the competition. So they are having Although circumvent all that, especially as the AFC is restructuring their entire um title of their entire like tier structure of the Champions League. They're basically adding the Europa and Europa Conference League tiers to their stuff starting next year on their side. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, oh well, we want these Saudi teams here to kind of give prestige to the whole uh new format. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just, you know, let them slide for a couple of years on that particular ruling. Which, yeah, yeah. There is a great article by Jonathan Wilson in the Guardian today. Um, thoroughly recommend up on their website. Go read, guys. You you, you want to give us a uh, <laughs> a quick uh, recap of this article? Pretty much what we've just said. There, it's it's <laughs> essentially that Infantino and football's governing bodies are offering absolutely no pushback to Saudi when they're offered a bit of money in that. Gosh, it's almost like the entire sport is corrupt, guys. As if. What, what would, how would that ever happen? How, how has that been happening for at least 50 years here? Uh, oh, at least. And the, yeah. Yeah, l- lest we forget a World Cup in fascist Italy. Lest we forget. I think we should say racist with Stanley Rice before then, but since then... Well, you know... Of course, you know, well, you know, in, in case you're wondering if irony in football is completely dead, um, Celtic have banned the Green Brigade from their grounds, tempor- at least temporarily. You know, their biggest supporters group, they, they've been banned from their grounds temporarily um, for, uh, for, for flying Palestinian flags at, uh, at a Champions League match, so... Yes, I, I, I'm going to point out that the club founded on the basis of uh, adding support for an oppressed people has now banned a supporters group for showing support for an oppressed people. World football at its, at it, I would say finest, but it's not really. It's more of a sarcasm thing. I just find <laughs> it ironic that stuff like that can happen, and yet... Lazio fans can do all sorts of fascist, racist shit and not get uh, a- any sort of punishment for it. But that's just me. That's it, just yeah, me. It, it funny. I, I know this has happened to Anfield as well, and I believe uh, Parker was saying that a number of Jewish supporters were made uncomfortable by that, and I I can understand that, and I completely support the Palestinian people. I do not support Hamas in any way, obviously, because they are killing innocent people as much as Netanyahu's regime is. So I'm on the side of the civilians here completely, and that is it. That is where I stand, the innocent people in the middle of all this shit. Yeah, I mean, that, but that, that's really the, 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 the right way to go. 
But, you know, unfortunately, I, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to, you know, just draw the line on this conversation right here, because the fact of the matter is that nobody in the West wants to have an actual serious conversation about this. No, not in no. slightest. And, and you can see it on social media and it's not it, anything it, we are going to talk on a football podcast. No, it's not. And again, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, a, 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 any civilians caught in, in in this fight. Have our support, but again. That's about as far as we're going to take it on this show because, again, nobody wants to have a serious conversation about this in the in the Western world, of which we are, whether we like it or not, very much a part of. Absolutely. So, yeah, you know, but uh, anyway, uh, I stand with the Green Brigade regardless on this. So, and uh, that that's how that's going. So, uh, and now that I've just killed the conversation stone dead, John, uh, anything you'd like to bring up here? Well, you know, we've had the European football. Liverpool are on the verge of going through the group, sailing through in one. How are Arsenal doing in the Champions League, Jeff? Well, uh, besides a loss to uh, to Lawn, which shouldn't have happened, um, pretty well, actually. We are leading our group, yeah. it turns out. It's exactly, they're exactly doing as well as you want. Newcastle are struggling less than I expected. They had, a, you know, the PSG win. I will credit them for that. That is a hell of a win, given that they had an injury list. But uh, they they are struggling with European football a little bit, which I did expect in that group. But, well, but you know, we'll see. Well, you know, I, I am going to say Arsenal's uh, women's team had a really bad start, but they are starting to get out of it now. Uh, did I not see the uh, did Man City today as well? Ended their unbeaten start to the season. They did, and uh, yeah. So we have four teams tied at ten points in the women's Super League. Chelsea women um, running uh, seemingly running away with it right now. Four wins, one draw, and five matches. However, they're about to lose their manager. They are, and, and, and boy, at the end of the season. At the, well, at the the yes, but it, it's it, there's going to be a transitional period here. But uh, Emma Hayes looks tapped to be your next U.S. Women's National Team manager. How do you feel about that, guys? Seriously, I, obviously, I don't know how you how you guys feel about someone else coming in taking over the national team like this. So, I mean, I don't see the 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 problem. I mean. No, I don't see the clear. problem. <laughs> no, I mean, no, England, England's women's team does not have an English woman exactly. managing it. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do, yeah. you think, do you think Emma is the best person for the job? Is what I'm saying. I, f- I think she's going to do what the West needs her to do. I'm just not sure if this four, uh, next the next four years are going to be enough to kind of course correct a lot of the long-term problems that the U.S. women's team scene has within its youth development and the like. Uh, I just don't, I just think that the golden era of the U.S. women's national team dominating anything and everything in the sport is done for, and it's going to be a period of transition. But I do think that it's a great coaching hire for them to start at least getting something out of this generation and maybe prepping the next one. Well, no, and, and I agree. But also think of it this way, though. You don't have the specter of Megan Rapino hanging over it anymore. Like, is she mm-hmm. able to play? Is she not? No, she's gone. She's not a factor now. You can plan for that now. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and of course, absolutely nothing against Megan Rapino by by any stretch of the imagination. But, She's just older now, and it was time for her to yeah, retire. Yeah, her time at this point. Her, her it is what it is. Was, yeah, her time was over, and then and that's it, and that's the inevitability of all things. So, mm-hmm. I mean, era's end. So it, it you know now we have a, a a new route to take. You know, and I can Emma Hayes do business? Yeah, I don't see why not. Look what she's done at Chelsea for their women's team. Yeah, the thing is, obviously, she hasn't got the power to just go and go. We're going to go out and sign Sam Kerr, for instance. I, I'm just interested to see how she can build a team out of this because the art of international management is fundamentally you have a certain limited pool of players, mm-hmm. and can she construct a team like that? Can she start bringing that next generation through that the U.S. women's national team needs now its team had gotten old. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why not, but, you know, we're we're going to see. I mean, Jonas Eideval at Arsenal Women, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> not, a, not a great start. But, uh, yeah, didn't, didn't you lose to Liverpool, by the, by the way? Uh, yeah, we sure did. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and not to mention crash out of the Champions League, so... You know, in, in the qualifying phase. And so, yeah, just not, to bring not, us, a great, uh, not a great start there. Yeah, and just to bring us back into the Champions League pool, because there is one team that I think has been generally a surprise both in the Champions League side and in its own league, but not for the reasons we'd like it to be, which is Union Berlin, winless since August 26th. Oh, boy. They have been on a massive skid over the last couple of months. I, I, I feel but really, had, I feel really bad for them, but yeah. despite that, despite that issue and hang on, I, I got to get my facts straight here. So let me check this here. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Uh, you know what? They're still better off than Hertha Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> who are, 100, yeah. Who are 100%. in a, who are in a, who are in a relegation fight in the Spider Bundesliga? Mm-hmm. Uh, on and that... again, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, and I meant to say, like, in general, just a couple of those losses have been rough, but to their credit, like, their Champions League losses have only been by one goal in each of the three games that they've played. So there's elements there. They're still fighting for it. It's just they've been on an unfortunate run through all of the leagues so far since that tail end of August there. And it doesn't get any easier with Napoli coming up this Wednesday on their fourth Champions League game and then them getting uh, Evil Pharmaceutical Company and Bundesliga leading Bayer Leverkusen next week in the Bundesliga side. You know, it's funny you mentioned Tough stretch. You know, it's funny you mentioned them, Chris, because I was going to ask you, uh, ask you and John, uh, Bayer Leverkusen, uh, undefeated so far in the Bundesliga this year. Nine wins, one draw. They lead mm-hmm. Bayern by by two points. Um, I was going to ask, uh, have have uh, either of the rest of you noticed that there is another undefeated team at the top of their league in Germany? Seven wins, five draws in 12 matches. Who would that team be, Jeff? That would be FC St. Pauli of Hamburg in the Spider Bundesliga. So far, undefeated. I had noticed. I did know it. And 
it's good to see. Let's face it. But let's face it, guys. Well, they also had they also it. had their they also had this start last season too, and they fell off. So yeah. you put the points up early, and then you worry about it. Let, let's discuss mm-hmm. this, guys. Thomas Tuchel is he a fraud? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I'm not Absolutely. even hesitating for a single second Absolutely on this one. A fraud. Yeah, he's getting bailed out by Harry Kane in the league here. That, that, that man, vocal is the true test. Harry that Kane. man and Kai Havertz ruined my life two years ago. I will never play <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. Let him get away with it. Wait, wait, wait. How do they ruin your life? Club World Cup, Jeff. Ah, well then. The Paul Maris fan has logged on. <laughs> <laughs> and I am keeping that energy for both of them. <laughs> well, you know, Harry Kane, it's funny you mentioned Harry Kane because I was thinking Harry Kane might be the transfer this season except for the small little fact of Jude Bellingham at Real Madrid. <laughs> Yeah, but Jude Bellingham, we all knew he was good. We all knew what he went for big money for a very good reason. And they haven't got anyone else to score the goals, let's face it. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, he, he single-handedly rescued that, that El Clasico last week. Hey, hey, if your first El Clasico, you score a winner in injury time. That is always going to endear you to the fans. Well, he scored both of their goals. I know he did. He won it. He won it in the last minute, though. Wasn't it in at, at, in Bar- Bar- Barcelona home game as well? Yeah, it was, yeah. but it wasn't in Camp Now. It was at no, some... they're rebuilding the Camp Nou, if I remember right. Yeah, which I don't know how they're able to afford that. <laughs> how can Barcelona afford anything? It's on the credit card. <laughs> oh boy! But hey, let's track back to Bayern for a second uh, and give a quick a bit of credit to FC Saarbrücken because. They pulled off the mother of all upsets earlier last week in the DFB Pokal. Last minute at that. Oh, boy. Yeah, b- bless Saarbrücken. Uh, 15th in the Dreita Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they somehow beat... they pulled off. Well, magic of the cup. Magic of their magic des Pokals. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Indeed. But but hey, uh, at least for Bayern fans, it's fine. You all took it out on Dortmund this weekend anyways. Look, <laughs> look, nobody trusts Dortmund. I mean, look, when you look at the talents that Dortmund had at one time at that club, namely Jude Bellingham, Jadon Sancho, and Erling Braut Holland, and they did absolutely fuck all with it, you can't trust and- them. I mean, Giovanni Reina is rotting in their bench for whatever reason it is when she's one of their better players right now that could be doing a job for them. But no, it, it is, in fact, the history of the Dortmund at this point. <laughs> it is the history of the Dortmund. <laughs> That's going to be a, one of those forever memes, isn't it? Oh, oh you yes. bet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> boy. It's oh the Gennaro de Gattuso, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. If you ever watched that whole press conference, that isn't even the greatest line in there. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's an unhinged <laughs> conference in the best way possible. Oh, my God. I like players with balls. 
God. <laughs> oh, bless Gennaro Gattuso. <laughs> Where one is of the he? greatest poems one of the greatest poets of our time where even, to say the least. where even is he now he is over in marseille is he really actually. no shit yeah oh man and how are they doing it because i mean who cares about league league at this point i mean to be fair outside of psg league on is kind of somewhat on the competitive end of the spectrum. Well, somewhat. Yeah. They're yeah. mid-table right now, though. They're ninth place with 10 games played, so that's a terrible. But, I mean, as of right now, if Nice holds on to their result, they're going to be first place with 11 games at 25 nice. points and BSG wow. right behind at 24. So, uh, and again, Stadi of Reims in fourth place right now, so Will Stills boys doing a job currently Will as well. Still. <laughs> Oh my, yeah. That, that there's a there there there's a story that's going to be worth writing at some point. The the, the career. Oh, oh yeah, sooner still. or later, there's going to be movie rights to that, and Football Manager will sell like a million more copies of its game on the back of that too. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So speaking of frauds, Eric Ten Hag, massive <laughs> fraud. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. You know, I mean, go ahead. uh, uh, If you just see what's happened within Manchester United, which it's kind of weird, given that I'd even I'd argue to an extent he still might have gotten more out of that team since the Mourinho days, but it's still fraudulent for a club that's supposed to be a top four to two contender every single year. But then you look at what happened with Ajax and its aftermath and how they've been doing. Well, that's, a, yeah, that's what I was about to go with, too, because that, that, I was going to There transition. might be a case for fraudulent on two different fronts, exactly. So, Yeah, Ajax, what the hell? They are, they, a, they are a trade. Relegation trouble. They're in rele- they sold all their in, youth prospects. Well, they I mean, sold everybody. Not only are they yeah. in relegation trouble, but you saw the, the, the match that got called off because Ajax fans were acting a fool. Yes. What the hell is going on over there? I, I think that one we would need a topic in its own right for. You know what? That might yeah. be. You know what? That might be next episode's topic then, because if it keeps going like this, one hundred percent, yeah. Because so. I mean, this is a club that this is like one of the standard clubs of all of of football. Yeah, but it is but to, but to get back to Ten Hag. The thing, the thing you've got is, you know, last season was fine. So was the free pass. You, you know, you get that first season, you get the Champions League spots, and you get. I did believe they got the um, the League Cup. Right. Let's and let's big up him for that because he also stood up to Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, that, but, ended that whole association, and Man U got demonstrably better after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I when you say got demonstrably better, what I say is. You do that, you can get away with getting the all-time mother of whoopings at Anfield. You know, mm-hmm. any other manager, they are gone after that 7-0. If he did that this year, he would be out the door. But I, th- I think hard, more than that, you look at the choice of player he's brought in, you know, he's put his neck out for. He's, you know, he's brought in Anthony. He's brought in Mason Mount. He's brought in Hoyland. Um Oh god, the defender, short, short guy. I can't remember his name. His name's gone right in my head now. Martinez. Martinez, thank you. 
you know, Martinez, you can say, is a reasonable success. But the other guys, they have they improved the, you know, that team for the amount you'd want to for paying the big money for them. I mean, the gu- the I mean, Anthony no probably should be in jail right now, but that's a whole other story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a discussion in and of itself there. But yes, the spin cycle merchant should be spinning his way into a Brazilian jail cell at this rate. But that's just us. Yeah. Uh, here's what I'll say to Manchester United fans everywhere, even though I have set, like, as I mentioned, the stuff with Ten Hag, somewhat getting more out of this roster compared to previous managers before him. But just... Just lower your expectations, man. You're not a decent club anymore. You're not going to be challenging for titles. Just, just deal with that. You may get the odd Carabao Cup or two like you did last year, but that is your ceiling right now until you figure out what is going on on all ends of the spectrum and you get ownership that isn't the Glazers. Well, you that, know, that's it, the it's just, reality uh, of it. I'm Chris, looking that at- was beautiful. I, I'm in tears at that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking at that Manchester Derby from last week and... Man, you played like they just did not give a fuck. City weren't even particularly good. They allowed a couple of easy, easy chances on the counters that the United just couldn't put away. I don't think I don't think City broke a sweat in that game. No, they didn't. They they didn't. You know, and that second goal kind of summed it up. Erling Haaland, what the hell is he doing alone on that back post? Yeah, he you live the most dangerous striker in world football on his own in the penalty area. What the hell are you doing? You are a mess, my go- my my guys. Yeah. I mean, they're still not Chelsea, but... You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hasn't that been one of the joys of the season? Mm. Yeah, you, you, you hate to see it, except you really don't. And you know what? E- even better, you can tell how, how much of a decline Chelsea is on because we, we got the word... We got the word yes on on Friday that Neil Barnett is gone from Sirius XM FC now. <laughs> so no no longer will he be blighting the morning show, the the, the, the morning football show on as I drive in to to work on the Sirius XM FC. Um but uh yeah, Goodrins, I thought he was an awful broadcaster, and I still will take him to task every time about the time he called uh Killian Mbappe uppity. Yeah, think about that. Mm. Uh, think think about what you were saying when you're calling a young black man uppity. You know? A, a young black man who is demonstrably one of the great talents in possibly the premier talent in world football right now. You can get get in the sea, as they put it. Well, you know, I, I just have my big question is uh, the, the ethical consideration of the fact that a, a guy who was actually on Chelsea's payroll was doing, a, you know, doing broadcasting for a, an, a media outlet that carries the Premier League. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, just in the UK, it's been pleasant that Jason Cundy has shut the fuck up at last. <laughs> oh, man. Ah, oh, that, that guy just almost no trousers. Get going. You know, well, unfortunately, Mark Goldbridge still has a, uh, a, a show on Talk Sports. So, yeah, you can't have everything. But well, we can work on it. Yeah, but unfortunately, it also gets played here in America. And, you know, I just mm. like. My son just went nuts. Like, 
how does this man's who how does this youtuber get a show on on because he's a fuck because he's a fucking meme and that's all that mark goldbridge will ever be a fucking (laughs) meme the sooner we get him back onto youtube only to be just that anytime that united fails miserably the better off our lives will be (laughs) anyway toodle pip uh neil barnett you sucked Ah, uh, I think that's all we have. That's all I have for the news. I mean, I'm sure there's like probably about 15 million other things that we've missed over the last. Well, two sure, weeks. I can talk. I Jeff, Jeff, mean, I can talk on. a couple things. Um, okay, okay, really quick. We can talk. Well, been top of the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, there's that too. Definitely, <laughs> there's. But I mean, it's been pretty interesting in the on a couple of leagues aside. J League is down to its final. It's yeah. a legitimate league. <laughs> For reasons, of course. Which, for reasons which we'll, we will we'll discuss. Di- for, for reasons we will discuss in our main topic. But yes, uh, really quick update. J League wise, they are down to the last three games of the season at this point. So just a couple more weeks to go. Viso Kobe is leading the league by two points with Yokohama F Marinos right on their heels. So the title race is between them. Kobe did beat Yokohama about two weeks back at this point. But they drew this last uh, round of games while Yokohama won, so the pressure is still on. So, you know, it's still anybody's ball game on that front. And uh, Did I not these- see that the J-League is actually going to be moving to uh, the the fall to spring calendar now? That's been something that's been getting voted on at this point. A couple of teams are still in opposition, mostly within that northern region, just because the winters tend to be pretty brutal there but it's looking more and more well yeah well yeah i mean if you get it made yeah if you get up into hokkaido yeah it it, yeah the winters can get pretty brutal in in northern japan but they they can always do a winter break like the bundesliga does yeah exactly i think that's still part of the discussions as a whole and how they're going to figure out the schedule but it seems that a majority of the j league umbrella as a whole is on board for doing that so don't be surprised if that Format comes into place over the next one to two years. Now, correct me or if maybe I'm... if they wait until the World Cup cycle to come through and start that. So now, that correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the J League used to do like uh, like what they do in in Mexico and in some of the other South American countries where they had like an Apertura and Clausura period? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head if if they did it, it would have been in the earlier years of the league. I can't. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, I like think that's what I say it for remember. sure. Yeah. But uh, another thing I wanted to bring up that was really interesting as well is that Avispa Fukuoka won their first title of in general, generally as a whole by winning the Levain Cup against Urawa Red Diamonds, who are the AFC uh Champions League winners from last season. Uh, they won it in a 2-1 game just over the weekend here. And big accomplishment for them, especially as they've been more so a middle-of-the-table team uh, over the course of the J-League season. So yeah, congrats Arawa, to them on that. Yeah, Arawa Red Diamonds, one of the biggest clubs in Japanese football. Mm-hmm. And On uh, top of yeah. it as well. Yeah, Vispa pulled it off. Uh, solid game by them. They were up 2-0. Uh, Urawa had to rescue a goal uh, near the uh, later portions of the second half, but they could never get into it. So 
congrats to them on that regard. How, how, uh, how, how, how are my old uh, my old mates Nagoya Grampus Eight doing? They they are in fifth place right now. Uh, them and Sunfrancho Hiroshima have fifty one points each, but gold differential they have seven compared to uh, Hiroshima's ten. So that's mm. why they are in fifth place. So they're just outside of that top three portion with Uraura Diamonds being at 54 points in third at the moment. But that could change over the, ne- the next three weeks. Yeah, so. we, yeah, you said that there's three more match rounds to go there. So Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you said you had more? Uh, on top of it, too, I mean, the Campeonato of the Wheels Lid was coming down to its tail end as well. Botafogo's still leading, but Palmeiras are tied with them on points. But Botafogo also does have, like, uh, they're playing a game today, and then they have a game on hand from a canceled game against Fortaleza from earlier in the season of that they're replaying in another two weeks or so. Or actually, uh, coming to think of it here, yeah, the game against Vasco da Gama is tomorrow. Uh, Fordham and Vasco has been near the bottom of the table, so the championship is still Botafogo's to win, but their form. They had like a historic form in this first half of the season, but the second half they have been struggling, mm. which is not ideal. So, and so, I mean, so Palmeiras not out of it, not out of it just yet. But they Palmeiras needs to basically run the table in the sec- the last couple final games that they've got a couple of tough ones. Uh, Bragantino's also hanging tough. They have 58 points. Uh, Gremio has 56 points. So it's still anybody's race, to be honest with you, within that top four, which is should make for an interesting last uh, couple of rounds as a whole. Uh, and then on the bottom of the table, the interesting part is that Santos is only three points uh, up from the relegation zone where Vasco da Gama, Goyas, Curitiba, and America do uh, Mato Grosso are currently hanging in so that's still very much a threat for santos if they don't get their collective uh poop together over mm. these final weeks so john you got anything else uh i have nothing to say it's oh, I, good. I do have one more thing to say yeah uh which is the the the, the major league soccer playoffs are going on um would mm-hmm. you like to guess one team that is not part of them Besides Chicago Fire, naturally. (laughs) Inter-Miami? That would be Inter-Miami, yeah. Glad, I I really hope Major League Soccer is happy with all the money that they made from all the inflated ticket sales. And, uh, yeah, Inter-Miami still didn't make the playoffs. But, I mean, in fairness, I mean, expecting Messi to rescue you when you, you know, with like eight games to go, you know... That was yeah. a little bit much. Although they did win a trophy with Messi, so mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the Nations League run that they put up earlier this year was pretty much. It gave Inter Miami fans a taste of maybe what they can expect if that team does remain fully healthy. But let's face it, they have enough old men there to probably fill up a football retirement like Paul Fame wing in its own right. Yeah. So. Anyway, Major League Soccer playoffs still going on. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I quit caring. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is what it is in that situation. From looking at just the brackets and whatnot, they did change the format again to make it a best of three, which not a lot of people were very happy with, understandably so, I might add, on top of it. But there's been a couple of interesting results there as a whole, I believe, 
Kansas City, uh, the first leg against St. Louis, who have been dominant throughout the course of the regular season as a in, in their debut, year, yeah, in their exactly. debut season, mm-hmm. which is nuts in its own right there as a whole. But good on Kansas City for that. And then on their side of the spectrum, FC Cincinnati has pushed through to the conference semifinals after beating New York Red Bulls. Uh, we've got a couple more matches still to be played. Uh, Dallas is taking Seattle to a game three on the Western Conference side of the spectrum there. And it's looking like Los Angeles, F- to me, specifically that Los Angeles FC uh, and Vancouver situation, I do think LAFC and Seattle are the teams to beat in the West side of the spectrum if St. Louis goes down. So it's just a matter of figuring out who's coming out of the East, which most likely could be Cincinnati. So, yeah. Yeah, kind of a, a, a definite worst-to-first situation there. Mm-hmm. So, Anyway, that's all I got. John, Chris, we're all good here? Yeah, I said so. Yeah. All right. And we get done. <laughs> all right, coming up, today's topic, sack them all. John, Chris, and Jeffrey have had it with English referees. Please stay tuned. With the second half of episode 86 of the Busting Balls podcast. This week, Sackamore. John, Jeff, and Chris have had it up to here and are a long way beyond with the English referees of late. You know, if, some, if somebody has Photoshop skills amongst us, uh, I, I wish we can get like the the uh, like somebody to Photoshop the the Metallica kill them all, <laughs> the, the sack them all. <laughs> sack, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. Let's face it. So, so, I mean, this all really. Let me see what I can do. <laughs> I'm loving it. All right. I'm so, this all kicked off with Liverpool's game against Spurs. Away game, it was a good game. There had been a slightly controversial decision. VAR had sent Curtis Jones off, which, yeah, fair enough. It, it's a borderline thing for me, but it was sent off. But then VAR managed to get the right decision and convey the wrong outcome to the referees on the pitch. It took them 10 seconds to realise and they froze and did nothing, despite the fact nothing of consequence had happened. We had no communication whatsoever between the officials and the guys on the pitch. It was a 
clusterfuck of the lowest order. And this has meant Spurs are top of the table. Otherwise, we'd have a complete tie at the top of the table and it would have been, been genius. But then, <laughs> yeah. But then I think uh, Jeff has something to say about this weekend as well. Oh, oh, I, I might do have something to say about this weekend, in which um, a Newcastle United player, Bruno Guimaraes, cold-cocked Jorginho in the back of the head with a forearm, out, out, just out of nowhere, just cold-cocked him, and nothing happened. And, yeah, VA, and like... VA, VAR's judgment was that it wasn't an elbow, therefore it's not a red card, but that's not what the law says. No, that was he. He's running by, and he puts his arm out and deliberately, yeah, yeah. There's it, a, a forearm smash that you know yeah. the likes of Stan Hansen would would be proud of. That's a little refer, little wrestling reference for Chris there, and uh, <laughs> you know it just what the f- yeah it, when they say that yeah, VAR comes back and says that there was no yeah it wasn't an elbow therefore it's not ascending off, but that's not what the law says. The law clearly um, says violent conduct is with the hand or arm. Yeah, I mean, again... Clearly what, says what, this. It's what we saw in the Libertadores final yesterday. It was a slap, and that's, that is as much ascending off. And, and you know... I'm, you, yeah, go on, Chris. Sorry, I just really quick to chime in on this particular one as well after seeing like the replays and the highlights of it. I don't think Bruno Guimarães is a dirty player by any stretch, but that was a blatant running forearm to the side of somebody's head, and it should have been a red. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Like, any anyone with a pair of eyes that sees this enough times from whatever different angles can tell, you're just like, yeah, he just fucking smacked the guy. Yeah, th- yeah th- and- there is no def- defending that action at all. No, and the other thing I'll say with the, I'm, I'm sure Jeff will have more to say about the winning goal on this. The winning goal had three marks against it, and I'm going, the offside couldn't be judged because they didn't have an angle. What the hell are you playing at? That should be the most basic thing in the game. Yeah, what well, and, and plus, you know, it, the ball was over the line. They're saying, don't trust your eyes because there's a gap in the, in the ball. What? <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? Don't trust your eyes. Yeah, well, trust, uh, trust you, you clowns. I forget the term, but it, it was like in the World Cup. I think if we, if we was it the, the uh, with the one goal that looked out but had just a little, like almost a centimeter of baller on the line. Was, was it the Japan game? I think I can't remember. Um, this sounds but yeah. familiar, but I can't place it either. Yeah, it was it was a pullback, and it, it was the it was the goal. I think it put Japan through to the uh, to the knockout stages, if I remember rightly. And yeah, it, it the the your angle of the eye can deceive it, but it was the offside that can be judged. And I'm going, hang on. Well, not only that, but not only that, but Gabriel got shoved down. It it was it was a quite blatant shove. And yeah, I, I know you can say, oh, what was the force of the shove? But no, that was a complete shove that stopped Gabriel from interfering with play to to prevent the goal. It was a poor decision. <laughs> a lower decision. It was, it was a nonsense decision. 
And, yeah, and, and, and yes, I know Arsenal's leading the PGMOL Apology League table I mean, at the moment. Uh, at least two. I'm waiting yeah, yeah, for so. I'm waiting for a third one to come. Yeah, I mean, just, just speaking from Liverpool here, we've had a sending off overturned. We've and obviously we had a big apology from Hellreb for that goal. Well, yeah, they can apologize all they want, but if they're not going to no, do come anything, on. About we're level it, at the top of the table here. We're, we're you know, we're, we're we're having that. We're leading something this time. Well, this is why I, I I'm just saying this is an illegitimate league because. The, um, let me put it this way. This is not a club issue, despite the way we started here. This is a league-wide issue. There are major systemic problems with well, the way referees referee the game. Well, yes, and we can go all the way back to when United got, uh, you know, United got a goal that they shouldn't have gotten, or a penalty that they shouldn't have gotten against Wolves. Oh, is it the one in the one after the last kick of the game? Yes. Was that, I thought I thought that was Brighton they had that against. Was it? No, no, no. Oh, you, okay, no, no, no. There was an, okay, no. There was an incident that. Oh yeah. Wolves got an apology for that one. Yeah, yeah, and I, I still remember that uh, Bruno Fernandez winning one at Villa for treading on the ankle of a Villa defender. <laughs> it's yeah. just like Jesus. I mean, yeah, I I, I know Chris doesn't at least have a declared. Premier League club that he follows. So um, I, I'm interested to hear what Chris has to say about our, 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 mo- our gripes here. Again, yeah, on the neutral end of the spectrum without a declared Premier League team by any stretch of the imagination, but it very much appears that this year in particular, these referee blunders and incompetences as a whole have escalated to a certain level and it's to the point where a bunch of mea culpas are not going to solve this issue. You need to start making referees accountable for their mistakes like on all was, ends of the spectrum. Like we had a, there was a referee that got sent down to the championship this weekend. Anthony Taylor. Yeah, it's yeah, only yeah. for the weekend, but it's the fact that it's like they're telling somebody to go, hey, you're down at the championship. The duty is there for a week. I'm like, well, Guess he's getting parachute payments out of this. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> well, yeah. So what was and what was Anthony Taylor's crime? I mean, he's just terrible. Whatever, well, yeah. whatever he well, referees, all, it's like you're they're all terrible. Fucked. But there was something that prompted this. It was the Wolves Newcastle game, right? And his officiating right. within oh, it. Oh, look, Newcastle again, huh? Yeah, I mean, the thing I was I was thinking when I was watching your game yesterday, Jeff, it was the same thing that happened in our game against them in that they got away with some very physical play and the referee was not interested. There is a lot of this where the referees just don't seem to give a monkey's about refereeing the game. It's just, we'll, we'll just want to get at the stadium. We want to keep the crowd quiet. You know, so home teams are getting away with a physical approach. Luton, I thought today, had a physical approach as well. But, you know, it, it wasn't as bad as some of Newcastle's have been. And well, you know, I, I just find it funny. Yeah. I, I just find it, it funny might be, how... Mike Dean, a couple years ago, said on yeah. VAR, he did, he, he did not overturn a call simply because he didn't want his mate to look silly. No, you do your job, my friend. Uh, you, you, well, that, your, yeah, your, your I mean, jobs for the boys, right? 
Yeah. You know, it, it's not just for Doctor Who fandom, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, I mean... We, we, I mean, it's just funny how it's always this league that has this problem. I mean, yes. And uh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry, yeah. Just to emphasize in general, I think the biggest caveat of it all is that these refereeing problems aren't just a one league fits all kind of situation. You go across the globe, especially now in leagues that are using VAR, that you're gonna find calls of a similar faction being made or just inconsistent to bad refereeing as a whole but when you have the supposed standards that the premier league is supposed to have and when you're supposed to be this sort of shining beacon global standard of a league for the rest of us peons uh, around the world to see and this bullshit is happening in your own house something needs something needed to be done yesterday about this every single match week this this season so far has had a, a furor over a bad call, be it either from the on-pitch referee or from VAR. Every single week. Now, we get it that you're going to get questionable or controversial calls at times. We understand that. But it has just been so much more pronounced this season. Like, it, it is just blatant in, in a lot of ways. Or, 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 or am I misinterpreting this and this is the way it's always been, VAR or no? Yeah, um, I, I think as well as that, you have to look at why the standard is good. The, the official at the heart of that Liverpool VAR controversy had been allowed on the Thursday... To go and go, was it? I believe in Saudi Arabia. Was it? Was a, a do VR in Saudi Arabia? Now, yeah, I'm fine with midweek with that. But you're talking that's a, a there is a six hour flight out there and a four hour time difference. I think you are not. You cannot tell me that that man is going to to go there on Thursday, having to fly back on the Friday, and is going to give of his absolute best on the Saturday. It might just be the look of it. He might well be fit enough and young enough to do that. But you do not only have to be squeaky clean, you have to be seen to be squeaky clean. You cannot go out and just earn a few extra quid on the side and come back to your day job and put in that half-assed shift that you were seeing there. I mean, I, I, I get it. I'm sure referees don't make Jack Diddley. Well, unless there's something else we don't know about. like They, you know, they do quite nicely compared to the rest of us, my friend. Well, you know. I just remember, you know, way back when, uh, when there was a uh, some sort of point-shaving scandal in the NBA with one particular referee, and his defense was, you know, he only, he only makes 400K a year. I'm like, oh, well. Only, huh? <laughs> that became a catchphrase at the job I worked at. Anytime everybody said only, we'd be like, oh, only. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you only make 400K a year, huh? Oh, gee. How the hell was he scraping by? How I do you live? Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, we weren't even making 10% that. But anyway, the point, you know, the, 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 the whole point is it just... 
and I get that perception is everything, but it, it seems like it's just so much worse this year than it ever has been before. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure on on the credit side, I I do like that the referees, you know, however started coming out and apologizing for egregiously bad calls. Yeah, that is that is a positive step. But what we need is more transparency on it. We, you know, when when we see the VAR, again, this is what came out of the of that Liverpool game. We have no transparency as to what the VAR does or says. You know, the broadcasters might hear or say it, but the man on the street does not know what is going on with that. Well, okay, so I'm going to take issue with the whole apology thing because you could apologize, but what's it do in the end? Well, the thing is, uh, referees are fallible and a human. Yeah, a player can come out, they, you know, they miss an open goal, say, they can come out and apologize to fans. I I get that with referees. But the thing is, but what does it do in the end? VAR should be eliminating this kind of thing. Yeah, but what does it do in the end? Oops. It's, it's a, what, yeah. Again, this yeah. goes back to what we said. What is the level of accountability here? What, because what we do, we don't get to know what referees have, have been punished, particularly. We don't get to know what the reports say. And I, I don't mind that because managers need to be able to speak freely in those reports, you know. Well, so I, I agree. I'm, and I, I, I know that everybody's making a big deal about what Arteta's comments post match. And I, oh, he's going to get banned. So why why are the referees if we can see yeah and we had to have a week you know almost weekly apology from the PGMOL now why are we pretending that referees are the ultimate authority here when they have undermined it and you know again an apology without action like demonstrable action for the wrong party does absolutely nothing it's like at the bank you know if we screw up we get charged you know what is it like 38 bucks nowadays mm-hmm. for for you know for you know transaction fee you know the bank screws up oops our bad that you know, it does nothing yeah i mean to to, uh, to quote something jeff might be familiar with quis custodiat ipso custodiat as they say in latin uh, yes, yes, indeed. Well, yeah, let me throw... Yeah, but also let me throw another Latin phrase to you, qui bono. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. You, Just... you need accountability for these referees. You need to know that if they are consistently screwing up or consistently not doing a good job, mm-hmm. there is some form of sanction there. Yeah, and what, what, what do we? Know. That's what I say. Yeah, we're we're lead, yeah. Arsenal's leading the apology league table. What does that mean in the end? Absolutely. Yeah, nothing. exactly. A- absolutely. It just nothing. means you're losing. Po- it means you're losing points. That's you, what you get a nice shiny trophy from Howard Webb. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. <laughs> you, you you get the South Park. We're sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. We're sorry. Exactly. And. The, and, and again, that's part of the problem. Obviously, huge problem as a whole. And we've talked about it in the show before how we've seen other leagues uh, kind of beta test the idea of doing what other leagues across the world do. These refs are mic'd up at all times, and you can hear everything that they fucking say. Okay, that's so, the only way we can even start 
to you know, bring so up this whole Chris, accountability nonsense. I mean, we, Chris and John both, we all know this because we hear the referee calls in the NFL. But, yep. John, we just got – the both of us just got done watching a six-week Rugby World Cup. And, oh, boy, did we hear everything that went on between the ref and the television match officials. We even hear the ref when he's talking to – when he's talking to the players. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, let, let's face it. This is a sport where any one of those players could snap the ref in half like a twig. And, and yet, they don't. <laughs> no. They, they will – and, and, you know, you do get highly questionable decisions, even in the biggest world, you know, match of all time. You know, the World Cup final, as Jeff will know, had some contentious calls. Oh, in yes, it. they did. But was there that big loss of discipline on the pitch? No. And the point was, we heard, uh, you know, the, the video refereeing in the World Cup was excellent because what you get to hear is the referee gets to say, what's going on here? This is what I want you to look at. This is what... And that will allow us to know, did the referee miss the things? Is the referee looking at the right thing? And the, and the video referee can say, you should be looking at that as well. And it's all broadcast to the stadium. It's broadcast to the viewer at home. You know exactly what is going on. Might take a minute or two. That's fine. I'm good with that. But that is a paragon to me, a virtue on that. And the other thing we're seeing here as well, the Premier League had a vote earlier this at the start of the season on introducing semi-automated offside. You know, which would, again, you don't need the drawing of lines. It would be a case of just, there you go, 30, yeah, 30 seconds I, Yeah, I think Syria I is using it right now. Yeah, I, I think and Syria I is using it. it's not rejected by 15 votes to five. I'm just going, why would you vote against that? That well, is... Well, I, I, let me ask you this: Did Man City and Newcastle vote against it? Um, I think Man City did. Liverpool went for it, if I remember rightly, but I don't remember who the others were who voted because for it. Th th there's been quite a lot of speculation, and admittedly, this is on the internet, yeah. which you know, kill us, kill us if we're taking internet speculation as as, <laughs> as any sort of legitimate. But you know. City and Newcastle will be getting the lion's share of a lot of calls this year. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, you know, is there somebody in the Sovereign Wealth Fund that maybe we sh that Arsenal and Liverpool and other clubs should be looking into? Uh, so he's looking up. So I think John is looking up the vote now. I'm trying to look it up. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... Um... I mean I mean, but here's something though, is that I I I am sure I have said this on this show before. I'm going to say it again as another thesis statement, which is we have done everything possible with technology to get the things right. We have we we have introduced goal line tech to make sure that the ball goes over the line. We have introduced VAR. We have we now have semi-automated offsides. Uh, offside technology in various leagues, uh, even as the Premier League. At what point do we look at actually replacing the the officials? Because I said that seems to be the only thing that has not been changed. It, it's what needs to be done, in my opinion, more so than anything. 
uh, more of these punishments, more of this accountability on the human side of the spectrum because you can have all of the tech on the planet that you want, but if the humans behind it are incompetent pricks, we're going to get incompetent pricks. Or, or, uh, or worse. Affecting the outcome of... Exactly, or, exactly, or corrupt pricks. Uh, or just in general, we're going to have decisions of this manner that affect championship races and uh or relegation races for that matter that that too yes mm-hmm. just it's not ideal by any stretch of the imagination I mean, at, at what point do we look at replacing the officials and getting the, a, a new should crew in it who should already i'm sorry john john's statement got lost there sorry, sorry. It's, just, it's just to me a case of who do you replace them with, though? Because these are supposedly the top guys in the country. So, can yeah, you go from uh, across the board? Bring other UEFA refs in. Uh, uh, just as an one, experiment, bring other yeah, UEFA yeah, I, refs. I, I, in. I have no objection to it, but I don't think you can. You, that you know, other leagues are going to go. Yeah, sure, you can have you know borrow the best of the Bundesliga and Serie A on a regular basis across the season. I think they should have more chat between them. Just to, just to actually get, you know, to a certain degree, and you can see this right through in English football history, England has a history of exceptionalism. <laughs> it believes it. Ha- <laughs> Liverpool are the best. Whatever. Yeah. You know, and Liverpool is not English, my friend. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little Celtic, little Celtic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Than in England. Um, yeah. In, the English football authorities, in particular, I'm not just saying you know clubs have a history of exception of going you no know, without justification. We're best practice, you know. We we are the best. There's no one better in the world. That's the kind of thinking you know that leads to Brexit. But they are not. It's it's not a case of they think they're great because they just fight. It's they think they're great because they don't know enough about what's going because on in the rest. No, of the world. They, they think they're great because they're English. Yeah, and that, that's that's what it all comes down to. I mean, we, we we've yeah. seen how the England men's teams for both rugby and football act, and and at the moment the cricket World Cup, the English cricket team is very much in a similar boat. Well, I heard they were getting. I heard they were they weren't doing great. Oh no no, they, they might just make the worst possible defense of the World Cup I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> Uh, worse I, 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 2002. <laughs> yeah, but you know. Meanwhile, I will give props. The the England uh, women's rugby uh, just won their cup, so they beat the, they, yeah. they beat the uh, they beat the Black Ferns. In fact, yeah, so, uh, that, right. that's that's not easy then. Um, yeah, but anyway, but the, the they, point they is, have, yeah, they think they got better stands, and they have not because they are ignorant of what goes on in the rest of the world. Okay, but okay, well, you know what? Ignorance is not an excuse. I mean, ignorance is no. Yeah. You know, it, it, I mean, we, we can't plead ignorance in court. You know, absolutely. Get in, you know, say even if you're just getting in recently retired referees to ha- from other countries to have conversations to what can we do to improve standards? How can we get better? How right. can we have better conversations, better but, relations with the clubs? Right. But not to, I mean, not to, not to keep litigating the, the Gamaresh, you know, forearm on to Jorginho. But the fact that they just said that it, it was his forearm, not his elbow, therefore it's not a red car, it also shows you don't know what the laws of the game are. 
you you mm -hmm. actually don't know the law of the game. Yeah, absolutely. You don't know or you don't care, which could be worse. Well, that could that. be yeah, exactly. That could be worse. And I, I think you need to check your uh, your direct messages, my friend. Yeah. Oh, I do. Indeed. Oh, you do. Oh, you do. Oh, I do. Oh, wait a minute. Here, hang on. What what am I getting here? Oh. I, I think you have asked for and been given. <laughs> you have the logo. <laughs> oh, have the logo wow, Chris. We have our album cover this, for this week's episode. This, this is why. This is why you were not uh, <laughs> so vocal. <laughs> I was a little bit focused on that in general, and again. For me in particular, because I don't have a particular horse in this fight, I figure to defer to the ones who do in this situation. But it's, again, it's an example of something that we see for, we see it in so many leagues. But again, England's prevalence in the modern game from a domestic standpoint with its league. They are the standard bearers, whether they like it or not. Their referees need to start reflecting that because oh, oh sure if it, they it, can't do their jobs. Then what the fuck else are we supposed to expect out of everybody else? Oh no no no! I get it because I watched the the last old firm derby and Kyogo Furuhashi got clattered into, just got body checked halfway across the penalty box and nothing, you know. And that you know yeah, that's it become you know at Ibrox you know, at that. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that initially accountability is a good start having these refs getting mic'd at every possible turn to begin with. And again, people have been calling this out more because they see the technology in play. The technology is doing what it's supposed to do with just showcasing what is going on within the game, what is going on within the game. It's the interpretation of a certain few people who think they who either don't quite understand the parameters of uh, the parameters of their job, or think they're above the parameters of their job, which I think it's more the latter than the former. That is the issue right now. Well, yeah, did, didn't we see that? Corrected. I mean, we all saw the David Squires cartoon. I think it was last year or the year before that, with uh, Mike Dean giving out his one hundredth red card with the off <laughs> the <laughs> off you pop confetti banner. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love David Squires. You know, we oh, didn't, you know, we didn't even talk about Bobby Charlton dying. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just the, the, that cartoon David Squires it's, did was the only thing anyone ever needed to say. It, it was. It was, haunt, it was haunting is what that Even was. if you know nothing about football, nothing about sport, it was just a beautiful piece of, card, of comics. By the way, did we also note that there are uh, certain Man City fans who are going to get banned for life uh, because of uh, them singing uh, a, 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 a you know gloating chant about Charlton being dead? Good. Yeah. I, so. I have no problem with them getting banned for life for that sort of shit. Yeah, they're, they're going to get banned from, uh, from the Eddie Had for life. But... Uh... Punishment or a reward. Yeah. Well, you know, again, it's it, 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 obviously we're not going to solve this issue in a podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just would like to see some tangible accountability for what happens in, in these games, especially when okay. player, players are, you know, especially with all, 
you know, the, the, the claims of, you know, we, we care about player safety and the concussion protocols, and then a guy just gets smashed in the head and nothing happens. Yeah. It, and again, it, you, as, I, I, I can't wait for an Arsenal player to try that against somebody. And let's see what I mean, that, let's see what that result is. I mean, not, not, but I don't know if you remember, it was, it was a couple of seasons ago, Liverpool, Man City. Bernardo Silva, right in front of a linesman, a linesman staring directly at it. Mo Salah was heading down to, towards the corner, in possession of the ball. And Silva judo through Mo Salah, blatantly, and foul. And Anthony Taylor let it go and said he got a chance off it. And you're going, what the hell is going on when you cannot well, even... I, 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 remember, I remember, you know, uh, Santi Cathorla getting full Nelsoned during a match with Stoke and nothing happening, you know? I mean, if you want to go back, that, that match that ended the Invincibles run, oh, which was, oh. uh, you know, we, we're talking, this goes back years, and it's it's issues that have been allowed to grow and have not been dealt with over time. Well, again, because, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, qui bono? Yes. <laughs> qui bono? Who, who benefits from this? Exactly. And I saw somebody just because I was kind of looking through like past this and it's of this over the course of the season through both Twitter X or what have you, and somebody from an account called Poor EPL Referees, which app name for it, basically talking about VRs, just saying, but nothing will change because the entire organization is one big friends group, and that is a problem right there. Yeah, exactly. The the the, the boy. Yeah. Well, I mean, management used to have the old boys network. You know why? Why is it such a shocking idea that the referees do too? Well, I, I still love the fact that the the first thing you hear after that decision on the Liverpool game was "great process, lads, great process." <laughs> Just like that does sum it up. It don't be self congratulatory about getting what even thinking about getting a decision right. Do the damn job. That's all anyone yeah. cares about. And quite frankly, if you can't have somebody do the damn job within that old boys club, you do something as simple as train a bunch of nerds in the rules of the game to interpret it to the letter to have zero affiliation with teams whatsoever, set up an independent board for VARs in particular that can override this bullshit. As I think because if the refs aren't going to do their fucking job with the video assistant referee, Somebody else should. Well, that's the it's thing too. That. That, you know, one thing we, you know, we had to mention that the VAR are the same people. It's the yeah. same people. It's and like it, if you're it, not getting the people trained with gone. the technology, then yeah, it's uh, you need to set up something independent, perhaps. So yeah, absolutely. You you need people who have not got skin in the game, yeah. who are not essentially they do not care about the reputation of that rep because. As I said, I think it was Mike Dean said he didn't give a decision a couple of years ago on VAR because it would have made his mate look stupid. No, if if your friend has made a mistake and the mistake stands, they look even more stupid. Yeah. Yay, friends. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. You know, I, I, I guarantee you we're going to be talking about this again through a for the rest of the year. For the rest of the season. For the rest of eternity, happened. yes. Yeah. <laughs> But if you have any thoughts on this, uh, you can hit us up on X Twitter at uh, Busting Balls Pod or email us 
at bustingballspot at gmail.com. Uh, you have been listening us through our native SoundCloud feed, soundcloud.com slash busting dash balls or the PWOM podcast network, soundcloud.com slash pro wrestling only. And you can find us on Spotify, search busting balls podcast. Uh, John, Chris, any last words? Sack them all. <laughs> Go with. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going with. Chris just gave us the thumbs up. I think that that's all we got now. <laughs> I think this is good of a given what we've been through. This is as good of a point to conclude this on as any. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> all well, right. Yes, the album cover is there, and it is done. It is done. Yes, well. we we have the cover shot for this episode. I hope you all like mm-hmm. it. Please let us know at uh, at bustingballspod at gmail dot com or or at bustingballspod on X Twitter. Um. Hopefully, next episode, we will get to do the fashion show unless Ajax's uh, collapse is still, uh, unless they actually, you know, become the dumpster fire, like an actual dumpster fire, (laughs) (laughs) and and they're in flames, but uh, uh, hopefully we will do the fashion show next episode, and hopefully the the next episode will be uh, quicker than two months between uh, episodes, (laughs) and uh, yeah because of, of reasons but uh uh until then uh it's good night for me and it's good night from them all right we'll see you hopefully in a couple of weeks take care <laughs>